Hello and welcome to the My VA Dayton podcast coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk with veterans in the Western Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Lease, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. And we have with us today a veteran from the Dayton area, United States Marine Corps veteran Paul Boykins Sr. is a Purple Heart recipient, ordained minister, and inventor with several patents pending. He is a native Daytonian and a graduate of the historic Dunbar High School, where he met his sweetheart and lifelong partner, wife Frances. Great to see you here today, Paul. Good nice to see you. Thank you. Before we get to know more about you, we're going to put you to the test. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That's right. It's time to play Don't Tell Me. I think I know that. This is the game where we put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. A game where our listeners can play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutiae as ours are. Are you ready to take this challenge, Paul? Yes. All right. Well, here's your first question. Where is the oldest Marine Corps base in the United States? Would it be A, Camp Lejeune, B, Camp Pendleton, C, Camp Swab, or D, Camp Quantico? What's your answer? I really don't know, but I believe it would be B. Camp Pendleton. That Camp is correct, Pendleton. Paul. Answer B. Known as the 1st Marine Division, it is the oldest, largest, and most decorated Marine Division headquartered at Camp Pendleton in California. Now, here's your second question. Who was the first African-American general to be promoted to four-star rank in the U.S. Marines? Would it be A, Daniel Chappie James Jr., B, Omar Epps, C, Michael Langley, or D, General Payne? C, C, that is correct. Michael Langley. Okay. Michael Langley was the first American four-star general in the Marine Corps history. General Michael E. Langley credited his father with telling him to aim high and predict that his promotion on Saturday would have an impact on younger people. He was confirmed by the Senate this past year, 2022. Now, here's your final question. When was the U.S. Marine first formed? Would it be A... 1621, B, 1820, C, 1900, or D, 1775? 1775. That's correct. The history of the United States Marine Corps began with the founding of the Continental Marines on 10 November 1775 to conduct ship-to-ship -ship fighting, provide shipboard security and discipline enforcement, and assist in landing forces. Its mission evolved with changing military doctrine and foreign policy of the United States. So, Greg, what has Paul won for playing our game today? Well, for getting all three questions correctly, you've won the Dayton VA's Industrial Strength Chip Clips designed by NASA's aerospace engineers to keep your chips crisp on your next stellar space journey or whenever or wherever you may be traveling in the near future. All of this is compliments of the Dayton VA. Yeah, so I'm sure you've seen those chip clips before. You've been around a little while. One thing I never forgot was a Marine Corps hymn. I can sing that. Can any, you really? Any, any Let, day, any time. Let's hear you sing it right when now. the halls of Montgomery. 
Zuma to the shores of Tripoli. We will fight our country battle on the land and air at sea. First to fight for free right and freedom and to keep our honors clean. We are proud to own the title of United States Marines. Very good. Excellent. Also, the chaplain of Virgin Local 3288 of Brickville, Veterans of the Foreign War. Fantastic. Well, we're going to take a quick break here right now. Uh, When we come back, we'll hear more from Paul about his, uh, his life here in the Dayton area. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Scammers exploit chances to commit fraud, like predatory law firms and not accredited representatives targeting veterans and their survivors by offering to get you VA benefits. Report suspected fraud at va.gov slash OIG slash hotline. Learn about general counsel accreditation at va.gov. So we're back with Marine Corps veteran Paul Boykin Sr. And Paul, you have with you a special guest. Who might that be? My wife of 50 years. And that would be Francis? Francis. Absolutely. So welcome, Francis, to you also. Uh, tell us, um, tell us about your high school chance meeting. Well, Paul and I met at Dunbar High School in the year of 1963. And the reason why I had to go to Dunbar is because my father was the head custodian at the school. At this time, I was going to Roosevelt High School. So my dad said, since I'm working at Dunbar, I'd rather you go to Dunbar High School. When I got to Dunbar, oh, it was months later after we started school, that's when I came across Paul and one of his friends. And we just kind of met and... So was it, it really love at first sight or did you have, did you have to win her over, Paul? Um, you had to win over. Yeah? You had to win me over. We teased him a lot. They all were, the girls. All the girls ask me, we tease them. Well, tease absolutely. Them That's what the boys do, right? And I tease them more than them. So, so I a definite <laughs> sign of affection. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what won you over? I think what won me over was... He was bow-legged. Okay. And that <laughs> drawed my attention and my childhood friend said, you like that, don't you? I went, yes, I do. So we end up getting together and everything is history. And a long, happy history, I'm yes, sure. Yes, it is. We just celebrated 50 years of marriage on February the 3rd. Well, congratulations. That's quite an accomplishment. Absolutely. Thank you. So tell us, Paul, um, why did what inspired you to uh, volunteer with the Marines? Well, my father had two-inch belt and a razor strap. We said, yes, sir, no, sir. <laughs> I had four brothers. We always got in trouble, so we got whoopings. So I had to get away from that. Okay. <laughs> well, that might be an incentive for a lot of people. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, nine and ten people eat the table all the time. And also seven child. It was time for me to go. Yeah, well, you also said that, you know, you come from a large family. How, how large was that family? Ten. Ten in your family. But yes. you had a lot of cousins too, right? Yes, and my, my father's brother had 12. And my mother, it was 16 in her family. Wow, wow. I'd, li- I'd like to see your house at Christmas time. 
I'll bet he it was pandemonium with all those kids running around. Yeah, absolutely. They probably worked two jobs. It's about all the time he worked us on the second job. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell us about your experience. Uh, you, know, you, you joined the Marines. Uh, tell us uh, tell us about your experience in Vietnam. Yeah, in Vietnam, I was uh, a cannon cocker, which artillery gunner. And uh, we were on five major operations in 10 months' time. Sometime we had to be hell lifted. We had to be taken into the enemy lines with a helicopter. We lifted in and brought out. And uh, we had fire, fire missions all night, just about every night. Mm -hmm. I was in Da Nang for six months. Then I went to Quang, Fubai and Quang Tree. I got wounded in Quang Tree. And uh, I was assistant gunner. I was a Lance Corporal. And uh, I got hit twice on one operation in the same night. And they want me to stay in for another year for give me a sergeant, but I had to get back to my wife. Yes, my absolutely. And anyway, uh, after I got hit, uh, they was load me to put on a chopper, just like the movie Nash. We got hit again, so they dropped me chopper. Lieutenant told me to go back out there and get me. So I went to the Philippines for two weeks. I was in the bed, three or four morphine shots every day. Then I went to Cusco, Japan. I was in a wheelchair for a month and a half. So when I got out, uh, I uh, went to Hobart Welling School in 76. Then I went there again in 05. And, and where was that at? Hobart is in Troy, Ohio, okay. where they train welders. And uh, train welders, I was, a, I was a bridge welder and I worked at a nuclear fire plant. I always worked on bridges because they paid good money. I come out of Vietnam, they was paying $100 a day. Now they're paying 200 a day, 1,000 a week. Still the same job. Sure. One absolutely. fall key and everybody fall once. I fell once. They want me to go get a safety glass, come back to work. Right. But, so it was good to be back home, uh, back with your wife, right? Yes. Uh, what was the what was your experience like turn, returning to the United States as a Vietnam veteran? Well, I was mostly trying to get my pension because I didn't have a pension. And I still had, I still couldn't straighten out my left arm. I could move my fingers, but I couldn't straighten it out. So another year went by. Then they oh, operated them on, at the Bethesda Naval Hospital in the military, they took another piece of shrapnel off my left arm, off my uh, the, my left arm, because uh, I got hit twice that same night. I got hit in the neck and knocked me out, and then I started low crawling, like Marine Corps teacher when you get under fire. Sure. I got hit again in my arm and through my boot. So I stayed at Bethesda Naval Hospital, and, and they operated again, and I was able to move it, but they still discharged me with no disability and just oh, really? severance pay and honorable discharge. Okay. So I had to kind of work with the senators and congressmen right. to get my pension. Right, absolutely. So you, you, you didn't get a medical discharge, no. but you went back to look at getting the service uh, disability ratings and getting the pension and the compensation yeah. and so forth. Yeah. And then the VA, they tried to help me. They gave me uh, enough iron, enough trailer parts to build trailers. Yeah. Because I build utility trailers like you see lawnmower service guys running around with. I built about 30 of them, but I eliminated the flappy gate and made the ramp part of the trailer. And that was my patent. So, yeah, that's part of it's your- a transforming trailer. Yeah, that's part of your inventorship and right. your entrepreneurial uh, mm -hmm. way of doing things. So, Francis, uh, 
it's great that we have you here, actually, because we get to hear your story as well as a military spouse. What did you think about him going off to Vietnam to begin with? Mm -hmm. Well, coming from a military family, my father yeah. was a chief warrant officer. Yeah. He kind of explained a little bit to me about it. Mm -hmm. But being as young as we were, it was not quite too much for me to understand. I knew it was a war. Then later, I got a phone call. Uh, we were boyfriend, girlfriend at that time from his mom, letting me know that he had got wounded over in Vietnam mm -hmm. and that they had flew him out to, uh, at the time it was Walter Reed Hospital mm -hmm. where he was getting all of his treatment there. And at that time is when he actually had a visitor to come in and visit him. And it was President London B. Johnson came in to visit the wounded veterans to give out purple hearts. and to give out Purple Hearts. So we have a nice big picture of Paul with President London B. Johnson shaking his hand and presenting him yes, yes. with his Purple Heart. So for those of you who are listening, uh, we actually have a copy of that image and uh, we're putting it on our website to share with everybody. It's, it's pretty, pretty amazing that the president of the United States at the time came to present you your Purple Heart uh, right then and there. What, what, what were you thinking at the time? <laughs> it was more wounded there besides me. Yeah. I was glad to see him, really. Yeah. Glad to somebody cared. Glad to know that. What did, what did President Johnson say to you? Do you remember? Uh, he, he said something about the wounded, not too much a lot of wounded there. There's quite a few wounded because we lost quite a man. Right, right. Quite a few. He, was, he had a big smile and he friendly shake, handshake, and he was congratulating on us for fighting like we were. Well, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So um, tell me if you can, um, how did how did you transition from the military to civilian life after that? Well, I, I started working. I worked at Inland, worked for General Motors. I was always raised working. I knew work is good for a man. My father told me that, so I just went and got me a job. Even though I had a, I didn't have no pension, I didn't have no pension at that time either, so. I just got a job, really. I just started working. I worked at Inland. I worked at uh, the Vandalia plant and the Dayton plant. And uh, then after that, I, I didn't care nothing about for assembly lines because assembly lines bothered my nerves from, you know, we called it shell shock then. Uh -huh. It wasn't, wasn't post-traumatic stretch, but it was the same thing. It was called Absolutely. shell shock. And I had a lot right. of that. And when I worked at the factories, it bothered me a lot. I had bad dreams and Sometimes they work 10 hours a day and that it really bothered me. So I ended up having a couple of nurse breakdown. I've spent Chillicothe a while. I spent 30 days twice, spent two months twice down there in Chillicothe so, on a lock ward. So how did, you, how did you overcome that? You said you went to Chillicothe. Was that the Chillicothe VA? Yeah. Overcame by getting in the church. Yeah. Because I got hit on April 6, 1966. And I knew that meant the reason why I was saved because I saw a light too. I had an out of body experience, but I got into church and I stayed in the church, and that helped me more than anything. Well, that's fantastic, absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break right now. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear more from Paul about his history and his story. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you were exposed to toxic substances while serving in the military. A new law called the PACT Act may make you eligible for additional benefits and care. 
The PACT Act benefits veterans of the Vietnam era, Gulf War era, and post 9-11 era who were exposed to toxic fumes, burn pits, Agent Orange, radiation, and other environmental hazards. Survivors of toxic exposed veterans and veterans who served in specific countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Southwest Asia are also potentially eligible. Learn more about the PACT Act by going to va.gov pact or by calling 1-800-MY-VA-411. We at VA are here for you, and we're ready to get you the care and benefits you've earned and deserve. I'm Mike Richmond. And we're back with U.S. Marine Corps veteran Mm -hmm. and Purple Heart recipient Paul Boykins Mm -hmm. Sr. and his beautiful wife, Mm -hmm. Frances Boykins. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul, what are you doing today? Uh, I get, I'm a working veteran and I help vets a whole lot. One reason why I do that, because when I got wounded, another vet came and helped me and tried to put me in the foxhole with him. So I go and I'm a chaplain at my local for veterans of foreign war. I pray with them. I pray for their families and I pray for them. And also I do the benediction at the ceremonies we have when the burial ceremonies. It pleases me to be able to help another vet. But I'm, I'm just, I help vets now and uh, I work on my patent. Because okay. I was able to go to Hawaii Welding School twice. I went there in 75, beginning in 05. I worked at a nuclear power plant. And I stayed certified with the state until I, my health started bothering me real bad. Now, you just recently, it's not recently, but mm-hmm. at 72, mm-hmm. you went back to school and received your associate's degree. Right, graphic well, design. Was that kind of challenging yeah. right there being mm-hmm. at 72 and mm-hmm. being in the classroom farce with uh, a lot of people that may have been your child or your... Uh, grandchildren. It was a little bit, but I was building trailers, and I knew that would nobody buy a trailer for me if I had no education, no ability to build them. So when I got the degree in drafting and design, people knew that I could build trailers. So then that's when I got the patent idea. Okay. So that's what I'm doing now. I mean, I'm not building them now because my health failing. Okay. When I first got out, I could jog, even jog backwards a little bit, but now I, I can't even dog walk back forward too far because of the shrapnel. When age does something to your wounds, every war America's been in, it's about all the soldiers bring back some of the war with them. Absolutely. And again, that's that's why we encourage everyone to to seek help uh, because there is help out there. Mm -hmm. No matter how you're you're feeling, it can't be as bad as you might think it is. Or Mm -hmm. you you are never in a place where someone will not help you because there Mm -hmm. are people waiting for you. And again, all you have to do is call that that Mm -hmm. crisis line of 988 and and somebody will be there to help you. You need help because a lot of times think you've done something wrong and nothing you've done wrong. It's just the way that's where life is today. That's right. That's right. And all way accept it, like this your brother mm-hmm. said, you gotta have somebody accept it with you and tell you they be a friend all the time, not just a dog. You need a friend, somebody you can talk to. The dogs are good, but you need somebody that maybe been through it or know how to accept it, help you accept it. Because it ain't gonna go away. Right. My wife, Jay, it don't go away. Mm-hmm. She went through a lot of it with me. 
They don't go away. And there's some some great therapy available through mm -hmm. the VA, which yeah. is exactly what you're talking about. Some yeah. group therapy, some yeah. uh, some. Uh, what, what's really great about getting that help through the yeah. VA is that those yeah. people are specialized yeah. in care yeah. for mm -hmm. for the military yeah. veteran. They understand yeah. uh, what you all have have yeah. gone through. And war movies. I still don't watch war movies today. They're not good for you. No, they're not. No. Yeah. And recently, the uh, VA has a new. Uh, act that was passed also, and it's mm -hmm. called the Compact Act. Mm -hmm. So that's there for us for many veterans who are mm -hmm. suffering for us the trauma. That's right, of Greg. War. Yeah, e even yeah. veterans who are not enrolled in the in the VA exactly. for health care, yeah. they can seek health uh, health care through uh, private providers mm -hmm. and and fall yeah. uh, under uh, the the care of the Compact yeah. Act. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I have to say that you are very passionate, and, and that is very, very uh, commended and right there. And I can feel the emotion far as uh, when you are talking about as far as the experience of fellow veterans. Let me ask you, are you in touch with some of your old comrades as far as some of your? I've been trying to find them. I went to the wall. I didn't see none of them. Had a chance to go to the wall and watch DC once without thinking about him. Plus, the one that uh, helped me, but I haven't located him since he's been out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and as I was mentioning before, where I met you both at, and that was the Muster and Mingo, and that's mm -hmm. a, a, a local area mm -hmm. as far as where veterans come together mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. in order to support mm -hmm. uh, each other. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back speaking with you regarding your experience with the Dayton VA. I was in the Army. After I returned from Iraq, there were times I didn't know how I was going to face another day. I couldn't be around people, and being alone only made me go to darker places. I reached that point where I actually thought of ending it all. Then I found help at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans service organizations, often known as VSOs, offer many services for veterans and their families. Those services include holding job fairs and finding solutions to issues such as health care and finances. VSOs also offer veterans a place to socialize with other veterans for peer support. To learn more, go to VA.gov. And we're back with Marine Corps veteran and Purple Heart recipient, mm -hmm. Mr. Paul Boykin, Sr. So, Paul, if you would, please uh, tell us a little uh, little about your experience with the Dayton VA. What, what would you want to impart to our listeners about the Dayton VA? When I went to the Dayton VA, it was in 1968, and I was pretty badly shell-shocked then. And my mother, she would come see me a lot. And then one time she bought me a radio transistor radio and I thought about how it was in Vietnam when they put bombs in them. So I went straight to the window, tried to throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah. But I had those type of experiences the first three or four years. Yeah. I mean my wife didn't get married to 73, but I hadn't had another wife. I had a wife in 68 and only lasted two years and uh experiences from that. But so tell us how did you find out about the VA and, and what led you to the Dayton VA? 
I was having problems with my wounds. Yeah. So I knew I had to go up there and I had no money to go pay for anybody else. And then. And who told you about it? Who told you to go to the VA? Well, they just, I just thought it a natural thing to do. VA hospital, because I mean, one time I had an accident and I, I was in a car accident and they found out I was a veteran because they had sent me out to, uh, they were going to put, they sent me all the way out to Wright Air Force Base to be, be, be examined and stuff. And then they finally sent me back to the Dayton VA. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I always thought that I would be, they'd be turned away. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, why. so what was the experience with your, your first visit to the VA? Do you do you find the VA different today than it was back in the sixties? Yes, they're more considerate now. They're more they are more thorough now than it was back then. Then they was kind of loose. It's like when they a man go in for operation if he didn't put an X on his leg, come out with the wrong leg cut off. So they're more thorough now and more persistent and more like a hospital should be. But back then, it was almost like Nash, like I say, out on the, out on the battlefield operations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and we treatment. hear that. We hear that from time to time about you know? veterans from, yeah. from your era who say yeah. it's it's a different VA. It's yeah. not the same yeah. uh, VA that, that they first experienced yeah. when they yeah. when they first went there and yeah. uh, the the things that have expanded in care yeah. and so forth. But, uh, but tell us, uh, what do you think about the VA today? It's more for efficient and more better. And they more care more about the soldiers. So when's the last time you were out there? Oh, last month, wasn't it? This month, mm -hmm. this month. I go regular. Now, Francis, are you part of the caregiver support? Yes, I am. I am involved with the uh, caregiver support program through the VA. And uh, before uh, the COVID hit, we were meeting at the VA every Friday. And now since COVID hit, we are now doing teams every Friday from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And during this program, we are supporting different caregivers. Each caregiver has their own different things of, of the veteran that they're caring for. And then now since we're on teams, we have people now that are involved that are in Virginia, Troy, Ohio, Indiana, and they have came on board because they found out about this program. And the program is based on us caregivers supporting caregivers. Okay. And we periodically have a speaker that will come on board from the VA to go over things like PTSD, our diet, mental health, uh, grieving, these type of things. So you learned a lot, especially with the challenges that Paul suffers from his uh, PTSD, his trauma. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. And by me being Paul's caregiver, not just his wife, but I am his caregiver, what affects him affects me. If he needs me to do certain things, no problem. It will get done. If I see him not feeling very well that day, then I usually just go pray for him, and then we will connect. I let him have his time to himself, then I have my time to myself, but I'm still there for him as his caregiver. So without the Dayton VA having that service available, what do you think the outcome would 
I think that I would do some research, find some other resources for him as well as for myself. But the advantage of having those resources readily available. Yep. Since these are available now, because when I first became involved in the caregiver program, I never knew that there was even anything at the VA that existed for spouses to be a caregiver for their veteran. I told her about it because another vet told me about it. I thought yes. I said, vets help vets. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They another sure do. told me about yeah. it. And so, you know, along those lines, you're talking about vets helping vets. Caregivers help caregivers as yes, well. absolutely. And, and the, the employment of that technology with teens, especially during COVID, when mm -hmm. you had to, when everyone had to pivot. Everyone right. had to find a different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. But has that expanded the knowledge base for you guys and sharing information because it's no longer just the little knit community that you live in that we, you guys were doing in person. It was beneficial, I know, mm -hmm. but at the same time, opening it up to a wider audience. And it a, has really expanded mm -hmm. now. I mean, when I get on every Friday, you know, we get a chance to see each individual person that are involved and the screen is getting bigger and bigger because the word is getting out there yeah. that we have this type of resources and information for the caregivers. And this brings on more, you know, calmness on the caregivers. You know, we're complimenting each other or we tell each other happy birthday or congratulations on a birth or just something that will help bring that calmness down to from a 10 to a 1. So if I could just ask one thing, for family members of veterans who are taking care of a veteran or who have a veteran family member who's not enrolled in the VA, what will you tell them as a family member in actually the service that you receive or the support that you receive from us? Not to take everything the person they care giving serious because my wife don't. Because they did, they would mess with their mind. You got to, you got to be able to let it go. You know, you got to be able to ick it. What what the person you care for? You got to not, not. You got to be a strong emotions. Okay. But not let that bother you because we really don't mean it. Because I don't mean the thing. Because I love see my wife. I, you know, I don't mean it. But that stress, like you say, comes from being wounded or being in a war or mm -hmm. something. Just. Sometimes uncontrollable, so you need to walk away too. I walk away. I go in the other room. I tell her, I said, no, I'm gone. And back to what you were saying, <clears throat> if it wasn't for all the different resources that we have now in this day and time, 2023, a lot of the caregivers would be lost. Uh, there is one caregiver, um, I'd rather not mention her name, but she was in a bad car accident and I do believe her husband has dementia. So this is a double thing for her. She's really going through and we're so glad that she's involved in this program because we have really just helped her just seeing our faces with each other and, and able to tell our stories and the things that we can say to, you know, bring her, bring her level up from the stress that she had been dealing with for that little length of time. And, an hour is like a miracle for a lot of us caregivers because we are away from the person we're being caregiver for. This is our time to vent, as we say in this day and time, to vent, 
the different things that we're going through with our veteran. And sure. this really does help. Sure, and to get that support yeah, from, and from others who are going through the absolutely. same. Absolutely. So yeah. if mm-hmm. I know a young veteran spouse that's young at this day and time, I would absolutely refer her to get involved in the caregiver program at the Dayton VA. It's very important. Well, we appreciate the the recommendation there and, and the words of advice to others. Paul, what would you tell a veteran uh, that isn't enrolled with the VA? Uh, what, what would you tell them to do? You need to get enrolled with the VA because they get better service now and they treat you better. And in the beginning, it's, it's like they didn't care, but now they show you more that they care and they care about what you're going through. And like I say, when you got people like that, then the veteran will open up to them and they will be able to tell them their problems. But if, if you got people that don't care and then you don't care, it's got to be a line draw where somebody got to care. Somebody got to bend over enough mm-hmm. to listen to what you got to say or care about what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Because uh, emotions cause the brain to go the other way. You know, when the people don't listen to your emotions or what you've been through, mm-hmm. Because them wounds, they don't go away on the outside. They be deep on the inside of you. Right, right. They might heal a little bit on the outside, and you might see a scab. But the inside is a bigger scab. Absolutely. And and it's kind of like Greg said earlier. You're, you're passionate. You're both very passionate uh, with, with, with what you have to share with us today. And we really uh, want to thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great. It's a, you know, fantastic stories uh, that you've shared with us. Mm-hmm. And we love hearing these stories from veterans like you and, and spouses as well in the Southwest Ohio region. So thank you both very much for sharing some time with us today. You're welcome. You're welcome. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Got a question about your VA benefits, health care, or eligibility? Go to VA.gov, where you can access a new interactive chatbot to ask questions 24-7. Access the feature through VA.gov's Contact Us page. Then click on the Start Chat button. This is one way VA is offering seamless access to its online resources. I never needed the VA for anything until I found it difficult on my own. It was getting hard to take care of myself. Then I had a fall, which made it impossible. That's when the Dayton VA stepped up to the plate. I've had the best care anyone could ask for at the Community Living Center. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. We want to thank Marine Corps veteran Paul Boykin Sr. and his wife Frances again for taking time to tell us their story and experience with the Dayton VA Medical Center. We want to say thanks again to our special guests for taking time today to share their story. We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled, to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive health care benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our Enrollment and Eligibility Office at 937-268-6511, extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus 
or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima, and Middletown. Again, that number is 937-268-6511, extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov health. While there, you can choose from applying online or by phone or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today. Or if you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA. Sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lease with your co-host, Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton.